0: Hello, hello, and welcome to Skeptics and Seekers Sunday Sermon Shorts. You know, I really should have silenced my computer before I started this. Uh, and before we get into it, you might have heard rumors of me having some form of walking pneumonia. Well, i I mean, I hope you heard them. I spread them myself. Um, it is true. I have post-COVID pneumonia. I actually had a neighbor. Fun fact. Had a neighbor lived uh, lived um, next door to her for a couple of years. I guess I don't remember how long. Excuse me. She uh, not too long ago. She died of uh, post post-COVID pneumonia. I was I was. At work yesterday. I, I shouldn't have been. It was ill-advised, Ill- but I was there anyway. I wanted to prove a point, and I proved it. And then I came home and collapsed. Um, <laughs> but um, I was joking with the um, receptionist that, you know, I, I wish everyone would quit telling me to go home. I'm fine. The doctor says that I'm not contagious. And if I can, if I can stand to be at work, it's, it's okay. Besides, nobody dies of pneumonia, joked I. To which she seriously said, Both my mother and father died of pneumonia. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Have you ever been more of an asshat than that? <laughs> <laughs> Top that, suckers. <laughs> It was a bad moment, (laughs) so. But I wanted to do this show um, to let you know that I am still here and we're just going to go ahead and do a show. Why not? Okay. Repent now. Sinners, beware. What am I talking about? Here's the title. The theme of this public school marching band's halftime show, A Christian Tent Revival. By the way, uh, Hermit Mehta, I just want to uh, tisk, tisk you on your title. Not that it's too long. That's fine. You put a period at the end of revival in your title. That's no... No, man, <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> friend of the show, Hermit Meta, uh the friendly atheist. You can find uh, this story elsewhere. and um you know, people there are other people talking about it, but I took the lazy way out here and went with this story. I'm not going to actually read any of the story. I just want to talk to you a little bit as long as my voice holds up. It's probably the most brittle part of me right now. And the fact that I can't take a good breath, so I do have to kind of make this quick. But I want to ramble a little bit, so bear with me. When I was in school, for most of the time I was in school, I was in the band because I was a musician. I was a music nerd. I was a musician from a very young age. Uh, once I picked up my first instrument, which was a sly trombone, I just, I was unstoppable from that point, and I, I loved everything instruments and band and music. And I already had, you know, some, some other music abilities that didn't have anything to do with school bands. So, um, band was kind of my thing. And this story appealed to me, one, because it's a, Band story, a school band story, which is man, I gotta stop this. <laughs> I gotta make that thing quit. I'm probably not going to. I'm um, gonna turn down the volume on this. I'll try that. Um. So yeah, band me. I was the assistant director when I was a when I was a student in school. It was an unofficial kind of thing. It was a thing that everybody kind of knew and understood. Whenever the band director was out, or maybe he had to be in a meeting during, um, you know, band class that uh, during my band period, I would direct the band. Um, true fact about me, because I was really quite good at, it. and I could, I had a couple of talents that made me the right choice for that i mean one i i had some natural leadership so you know no one ever batted an eye when i took up the baton and directed the band um even as a kid uh two i could play the piano well enough i mean mostly self-taught a few lessons here and there but I, i could play the piano and so i could help people with their parts and three um Not only could I play most of the instruments, woodwinds were a problem for me, but I could play most of the instruments, but I could also read all of the sheet music. So low brass, high brass, uh, woodwinds, percussion, I I could read all of the music, and so I knew what people were supposed to do. And I had the kind of mind back then, I certainly don't have it now, (laughs) what happens to your mind past 40, um, get stronger for some people, not the case with me. Uh, but I had the kind of mind and also the kind of drive where when we got a new piece of music, I would study my music, but I would also, uh, the director would let me, uh, uh study the director scores and I learned everybody's music. So I knew all of the music by heart. Uh, I was first trombone but you know I knew you know second and third trombones the first second third trumpets french horns I you know I knew all of the music I knew exactly what everyone was supposed to do now I'm telling you some of this about me not to boast there's nothing really boastworthy about this I was, I was a nerd's nerd um it is not like you know that that got me some benefit in life <laughs> it it did not It was good while it lasted. Um, i just I'm just kind of putting my resume out there as someone who understands from the inside the marching band. And I'm sure that some of you were in marching bands, and maybe not all bands marched, but they were, you know, still bands. You, you probably have some experience. So I had experience a a, a lot. Of experience uh, that way, and I understood how it worked, even down to choice of music and things like that. Uh, I will say later, as an adult, I did uh, have a chance to direct adult choirs, uh, and so that was fun. Uh, I I was able to teach sight reading for a little while, uh, kind of on the side which is a a neat trick for a legally blind person to teach sight reading, but I I was actually pretty good at it. (laughs) Um, So music, band, I get it. Uh, And I just want to say that I have zero problem, zero problem, hang on to your seats, folks, zero problem with public schools playing religious music in their marching bands. In fact, I would have a problem if they didn't, because religious music is historically significant. It is socially and culturally significant across all societies, across all cultures, including atheist cultures. Every bit of music that you love has its Foundation in religious music. Every bit of heavy metal, we can trace it right back to the church. Don't get me started on this. I will out nerd you on this any day. And so it's, it is necessary and right that schools have as a part of their repertoire some portions of religious music. Another fun fact about me and music, I did not develop an appreciation for black spirituals until I was at the University of Portland, which was about as lily white a school as you could get. I was the only black person in the choir. I was the only black person I knew. There were other black students. They were on the basketball team. But but we never crossed paths. Uh, very Lily White school. And my band director, uh, Lily White, doughy, middle-aged balding, um, he, he was a great man. Uh, a great man. He taught me so much about music and voice and life. Um, he made me a better human being. And we had a chance to spend a lot of time together. He gave me an appreciation for black spirituals, and I would go on to uh, integrate uh, black spirituals into white church choirs, and um, they also appreciated it. Um, many of them were more educated in that in that form of music than I was. <laughs> so, um, I, I'm so again, I'm rambling a bit, but I just want to lay this foundation down. Because you need to understand, uh, we've been talking about religion in schools quite a bit. This is one area where I don't have a problem with at all. This is one one area where religion should be in schools is in music, at least in some parts of it. Once again, it's historically, socially, culturally significant. And it undergirds pretty much everything. Every kind of music you can think of, including hip hop. So, what does this band uh, do? They're in Arkansas, because of course they're in Arkansas. And their theme was a Christian tent revival. Now, here is where I begin to object. And I, and I just wanted to give that 10 minutes of background so that you can understand what I wasn't objecting to. There are lots of ways to introduce a religious-themed uh, performance in a high school band, whether it's on the field or in an auditorium. That are, that's quite appropriate. Ladies and gentlemen, we bring you today a historical tour of religious music in America at the heart of everything you love. And, and just go for it, man. It, it's, that's okay. I wish more schools did it. I can't be more adamant about that. However, you are crossing some kind of line when you call this, because remember, this is a public school, a public school activity, a Christian tent revival as your theme. It's, it's not a mus- Muslim revival. It's not a, it's not a Jewish kind of worship whatever the equivalent of a revival for Jewish people is. It's not that. It's not a New Age revival, whatever the equivalent of that would be. No, no, no. This is a Christian tent revival for the halftime show. And it doesn't stop there. You know, that's, that's cringe enough. But when you see the pictures, and you can see the video of this as well, Um, the uh, members of the band are dressed, well, I don't know how to say it, like Pentecostals. (laughs) You can, once again, you can see in the picture, draw your own, uh, conclusions there with the ankle length, uh, skirts and, um, things like that for the, for the, for the girls, very gender heavy, um. And, it, and it's stuff that just looks like something from uh, an old-timey movie in a small town that's caricaturing religion. <laughs> that's, if, you can, if you can picture that, that's how they're dressed. And they're carrying these signs. And I want to make this clear because, once again, I was there. You do not have a choice about what signs you carry. Marching bands often integrate signage and messaging in their shows, perfectly appropriate. Sometimes quite spectacular if they can pull it off just right. They have banners uh, that they that they flag, and and you know their pom poms are made to look a certain way, and. All of the rituals, you know, the drums have certain messaging uh, on them uh, quite often. Um, The uniforms are made a certain way. You do not have a choice in any of that. Your choice is to carry the damn sign or get out of the band. That's your choice in band, right? It's It's very much like a team sport for nerds. there were a a number of signs being displayed, being carried by the students. Uh, The two that I will mention, because those are the ones that I could see clearly, one of them said, repent now. And the other one I could make out said, sinners beware. Now, again, we've, we've traveled a long ways now from just having a set of religious music in a in a secular school setting to specifically calling it out as a Christian tent revival theme and specific evangelistic signs specific evangelistic messaging that the students have to carry. This has to cross a line. If this doesn't cross a line, there's no line. And yet, we don't see a lot of Christians saying, okay, that's a little too far. I agree with you. No, no, no. That's not what's going to happen here. What's going to happen here is that Christians... If they decide to respond at all, are just going to say, no, no, these guys are uh, they're not doing anything wrong. It's just a minor small town. Doesn't matter. It's not illegal. You can't prove it's illegal. Nobody's protesting. Yes, they are. But nobody's protesting. You can't prove it. Take it to court. You um, know, <laughs> It's going to be stuff like that. It's going to be stuff like uh, you're trying to push your atheist religion in schools. So why can't Christians do theirs? <laughs> As if you can't see. A, a distinction you see schools let me help you out you see timmy schools are government institutions by their nature are secular secular by its nature by definition is non religious now there are ways to give your child a religious education. You can pull them out of public school and put them into a private religious school where you can give them the religious education of your choice. But no parent should ever have to feel like they need to pull their students out of a secular school, out of a public school, so that they can get a secular education. And schools... In many parts of the country, including the one I've mentioned in this story, have become de facto private Christian schools. They have become Christian schools. If you have personally, as a parent, chosen not to raise your child religious and you want to send them to a public school so that they can get a secular education, you can't do it. In some places, you simply can't do it. Send your child to school in places like this. Well, it's, it's hardly different than sending your child to a summer Christian youth camp. That's what it's become. That's what we're dealing with. That's why it's a problem. Because it's supposed to be non-religious. And your students should not have to be given the choice of carry this Christian message on the field during a school activity or be ostracized from the band. Heck, forget the ostracization. They shouldn't have to carry that message at all because it's not a private Christian school. It's not a religious school. And yet, by de facto, it kind of is. And that's kind of the problem. And I'm gonna keep pointing it out. By the way, <laughs> I, I promise I could do one of these stories every day, a different story, every day. And most of these stories are stories that Christian news sites present because they're proud of it. They're proud of it. And when they're stopped by law, you know, from doing one of these overreaches because there is law, they're mad at it. And so they talk about it. And that's why it keeps coming up. All right, you know what to do. Skepticsandseekers.squarespace.com. Log in your Discuss account and discuss away. Shoot me an email, skepticsandseekers at gmail.com. Until the next time, I'll see you in the comments. And in the meantime, I'm out.